0: stop worrying about your bills stop tripping out about your kids come on somebody stop trying to change your husband I can't get no help from nobody (laughs) Um, the reality is that what else do we want him to do for us for him to let us know and send a message that our lives are called to be extraordinary, and that average is our enemy. Amen. I mean, it's not—it's uh, not a good place to be when you are live when you have a big life, but you're living it in a small way. And so, I want to encourage us today uh, to allow God to eliminate the old you so the new you can uh, come to the forefront. I think it's important that um, we don't bring any residue from who we used to be into who we're called to be. Y'all all all right? I mean, we're just jumping in the deep end up in here. I wasn't gonna play footsies with you. I was just gonna knock you upside the head from the jump. Amen. Uh, it's It's just vital that we understand that Who we used to be don't have nothing to do with who we're going to be. And we've got to stop uh, allowing ourselves to think that when we stepped into God, we traded for less. Y'all all right. I mean, how many of you know that sometimes it looks like we traded for less? Sometimes it feels like we traded for less. But the reality is that when you allow your belief system To pull you into the God of abundance it that your life is going to be more than before the only way we get outside of living uh, our old life let let me say it like this too often Iris we spend our energy trying to hold down who we used to be instead of press into who we're called to be and we, we talk too much about the things that are troubling us the way we were raised the people that did us wrong that did they did us wrong song we we have this this energy that we're holding down who we used to be when the power of god isn't to hold down who you used to be is to empower you into stepping into who god's called you to be amen somebody so i i know everybody got a testimony but i want our testimony to be what god wants to do in our life not what god has taken us out of in our life what god is bringing us into instead of what god brought us out of come on man god is bringing us i know he brought you out of some things but how many of you know that i'm not gonna spend no time thinking about what he brought me out of i'm gonna spend my time thinking about what god's bringing me into amen my, my faith does not work to make me, to give me a better past. My faith works to give me a bright future. I mean, how many of y'all remember Jeremiah 29, 11, where he says, I know the plans I have for you. Now, look at here. I, I, I want you to know that as long as God knows, I'm cool with that. How many of you know that he knows, but he don't tell you? I'm constantly saying, you know, wondering, God, what's my life going to look like? What's going to happen to me? Where are you taking me? What, what's going on with, with this call of God that, 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 that is the result of a God deposit on the inside of us? And all I ever hear from God is all you need to know is that I know. Wow. I know the plan I have for you. It's for good and not evil. I'm giving you a future and a hope. So why are we worried about our future when God has our future in his hands and his hope is the dream man that word hope means that it's it's for a future and the dream that you have to manifest. How many of you know that God didn't put on the inside of you what he put on the inside of you to frustrate you but to give you a glimpse of what he has for you in your future. So have you ever noticed, Chandler, that God will open the curtain, show you something, close the curtain and put you in school? Yeah, I can't get no help from nobody, not even Chandler. (laughs) Amen. So I want to entitle this new communication that I'm going to be bringing to you until further notice Um, every time I'm with you, I'm going to entitle this Keys to Extraordinary Living. Keys to Extraordinary Living. And I might want to do like a subtitle, help, I think somebody's trying to kill me. (laughs) Because how many of you know that you can't take who you used to be where you're going? And you might not even be able to take the folk that you used to run with where you're going. Not everybody that you... Not everybody that's part of your history is part of your destiny. Mm -mm -mm -mm. We're trying to take people with us and God never intended them to go where you're going. Hey. I'm not talking about your spouse now. But I am talking about your kids. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, (laughs) oh, man. So let me say a couple things uh, before we get into the scripture, but um, I don't think that we are any better than unbelievers. Now just hear me, hear me, hear me. I don't think we're any better than Jehovah Witness people. I don't think we're any better than Muslim people. I don't think we're any better than Hindu people i don't think we're better than mormon people i just think we found the door jesus said i'm the door and this is how we step into eternal life we didn't do anything it's not of ourselves you feeling me it's not that we're like special select people we just found the door jesus said i'm the door we can't be peacocking around and parading around like we somebody when what made us somebody was, had nothing to do with us. Amen. It's just, it's just like we found the door. We were tore up from the flow up, man. I mean, we need to check up from the neck up, right? We had, we made mistakes. We have regrets. We have history. We have, uh, we have a legacy that we want. We don't want nobody to know about. How many of you know that none of that goes through the door with you? You leave that outside of the door. Now, if you want to go back through the door and put that stuff back on, that's on you. But I want to tell you that your past can't make it through the door. Your mistakes don't make it through the door. Your regrets don't make it through the door. And, 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 and the door don't have nothing to do with you. You just got lucky and found the door. Amen. Because Jesus wants everybody to go through the door. The Bible says that God, our Savior, desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So when when you understand that all you did was line up with what God wanted, then that gave you everything you wanted. Come on, man. And so, so I believe that God has called us to live an extraordinary, exemplary, uncommon life. I mean, Jesus didn't go through all that he went through so we could be average. Look, man, I don't want to be an average person. I'm already average height. That's enough. (laughs) Praise the Lord. What you laughing at? No, I'm just saying, so I'm, I don't, don't want to make average money. I don't want to make average impact. I don't want to have an average destiny. I don't want to preach average sermons. I don't want to be an average preacher. I don't want to be average. Average is my enemy. I came from average. In fact, I came from below average. Sort of like everybody on that side. Come on, man. I mean, no, I mean, we just, that is not what God has called us to. He's called you to extraordinary. Yes, sir. Slap some extra on your ordinary. Yes, some super on your natural. Come on, somebody. And I ain't talking about Dr. J right now. I'm talking about your natural condition. So, <laughs> so when we step into relationship with God, through accepting what Jesus has done for us on the cross and receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives, we don't have to wait for heaven to have heaven. We don't have to wait for heaven to start living the extraordinary, uncommon life. When we decide to follow the Lord, we have accepted God's invitation into the extraordinary. Now, let me say a couple things. Seed... You have to think now. We're going to have to have a thought in church. But seed produces after its own kind. Is that right? So if I plant an apple seed, I'm not going to get an orange tree. Right? If I sow love, I'm going to get love. If I show show myself friendly, I'm going to get friends. Right? If I sow money, I'm going to get money right if I sow peace it will show back up in a harvest of peace so whatever is in our life is the results of seed because God uses the soil of the human race to give you your harvest now follow me on this for a minute that's why the Bible says don't judge or you're gonna get judged Why? Because you sowed into the soil of a human being and God has chosen the soil of human beings to give human beings the harvest of being a human being. You feel me? So how you treat someone else is the way you going to get treated. How you want to be treated? The Bible says treat them. It's called the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's all about Human beings are the soil that give us the harvest. What you're living in right now is the result of how you treated somebody yesterday. Now, was Jesus extraordinary or is he extraordinary? So it wasn't a a trick question. Is Jesus the darling of heaven is he the 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 greatest representation of God in human form that could have ever existed is he is he divinity and humanity all mixed into one yes or no is Jesus the seed of David and so when God wanted to reap the human race he picked An extraordinary seed to sow into the soil of humanity so you have no choice but to produce after your own kind so the seed that purchased you was extraordinary so you have to be extraordinary what bought you was an extraordinary seed So we got to stop living these extraordinary lives in average expressions Man I'm not gonna let the rhetoric of a fallen broken system define me I'm not gonna let somebody who don't know me act like they know me and slap a label on me Come on, man. I I don't know what kind of post that you got sticking all over you But you better peel them off if they don't line up with the extraordinary seed that bought you Is this too much for you You better get this man I didn't fly all the way to California to, give, to preach a sermonette to a Christianette who lives in a bassinet with a cigarette Come on, man Yeah, let's be the people God bought us to be, who he purchased us to be, accept his invitation into the extraordinary. How do we do that? Well, we're going to learn that in the next few times I'm with you. I'm gonna eventually get to the place where I'm talking to you about the six characteristics of extraordinary living, but let me lay some foundation first. I'm gonna mess your hair up today, amen? And whatever hair I have left has already been messed up. I'm about to take an offering for some hair plugs. What do y'all think? I already have spanks on underneath this, so I'm trying to, you don't even know what spanks are. Chandler knows what spanks are. No, okay. (laughs) Do you even know what those are? Those are the things, it's like a girdle that holds, it's like a onesie that goes on under your clothes and holds it all in. Amen. It's just, when you got to go to the restroom, it's a drama though, man. It just, it's hard. So when our life is touched by God, we no longer need to live or follow the patterns of our past or of our pain of our, or, of our, uh, or of the broken system that God delivered us out of that is in the world. I don't know why we serve the world that's broken trying to get fixed. How many know that the broken system can't fix nobody? It can only break people. Amen? So when you all up into the... Listen, listen. You can't... You can't cast darkness out with darkness you can't cast hate out with hate when somebody hates you you don't hate them back or you both are going to get stuck in dark places amen so when when, when darkness is coming at you you got to turn on the light or you going to both be in darkness when someone comes at you with hate, you can't reciprocate with hate or you both going to be hating. You feel me? When someone comes at you with hate, you got to come at them with love. When somebody comes at you with violence, you got to come at them with peace. Otherwise, you're going to just be like them. And, how to, and what is the result of that? Brokenness. It's what the broken system does. But the redeemed system does everything opposite. Have you ever noticed that? If you want to be first, be last. If you want to get, give. If you want to be exalted, humble yourself. Come on, man. If you want to be awesome, serve. Be a slave. That's what the Bible says. The broken system says, no, no, no. If you want to get, take. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. If you want to prosper, hold on to what you got. If you want to, uh, if you want to uh, win in life, look out for numero uno. Number one for all you non-bilingual people. Come on, somebody. So, so the Lord saved us out of that broken system. People's lives that are touched and directed by the Lord Jesus stand out. Chandler, I'm picking on you, man, but the reason why you got to those forks in the road and you let the influence of godly people move you didn't just cause you to stand up, it caused you to stand out. Why? Why? Because that's what the spirit of the Lord does with people. He takes people out of obscurity and he puts them center stage. He took David out of a, being a little old shepherd boy out there where nobody saw him and put him on center stage. He took Moses when he was nobody, put a burning next thing you know, burning bush, and then and then there he is delivering everybody out of his life. He took. Listen, we could go on and on and on. He took Jesus out of obscurity in a little old town called nazareth can anything good come out of nazareth the the bible says that people would say see god takes people out of obscurity infects them and injects them with the redeemed system and then causes them not just to stand up but to stand out come on somebody that's who you're called to be well preaching not everybody can stand out oh yes they can you're gonna stand out in your family you're gonna stand out on your job you're gonna stand out in your community you you stand up you'll stand out Mm-mm-mm. so god's called us to be people that have broken the mold of common behavior and common belief no longer are we to be those people that require validation or approval from a broken system We are full of purpose, we are full of promise, we are full of power, we are full of privilege from God, not the broken system, amen somebody? When we walk according to the grace of God and our true identity, not mistaken identity, not stolen identity, but true identity that that came from redeemed innocence that cost Jesus his life and cost God his son to give you and me. Mm -mm -mm. When we walk according to that, our lives will be lived differently than the world. And the expectations of the world, our life will be lived beyond our own expectations. Listen, man, your only limitation is your imagination. And then it's greater than you can ask or think or imagine What's going on according to the power that's on the inside of you currently is more than you can ever imagine if you'll just let what's on the inside of you operate on the outside of you. Instead of being uh, overcome and overwhelmed by what's going on on the outside of you, why don't you overwhelm it with what's on the inside of you that's stronger because greater is he that's in you than what's on the outside of you. Amen, somebody? Let me sidebar for a minute. Somebody asked me the other day, you, gotta, you, you need to speak to this Israel thing, pastor. This hummus, uh, surprise attacks uh, and all this stuff in, going on in Israel And, and uh, you know, my grandparents were from Amman, Jordan, so my mom was Jewish, and my brother is like a Jew, ish guy wears the little hat on his head and all that stuff. And uh, so they're like, you got to talk about this. I said, let me tell you what I've got to say about this. The Bible does not say the fervent and effectual sermons accomplish much. The Bible doesn't say the fervent and effectual conversations speaking to this accomplishes much. The Bible says that the fervent and effectual prayer Of righteous people is what moves the needle i said so if i'm gonna say anything about anything i'm gonna call god's people to pray because frankly i don't know what to say i know what to pray but i don't know what to say and so i would rather use my anointing to bring revelation about your identity and about extraordinary living than talking about devastation that I don't know nothing about, but that God's power is the only remedy for what's going on on the Gaza Strip. Amen, somebody? I don't know what's happening in our education system where there's all that. I don't have the answer. Well, you need to speak to it. I'm not going to speak to it because you know less than I do. But we know him who knows all things. So I, I just want to encourage you To be prayerful about world events. And maybe we shouldn't be talking as much about things we don't understand. But we do understand the power of God. And we do understand the presence of Almighty. We do understand that there's a plan for Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us to pray for Jerusalem. And to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Why would God tell us to pray for the peace of some place that never had a conflict? So it's, it's vital that we become prayers and not sayers about these things. Amen? Amen? So that's just a little sidebar on that thing. So, look. God has called us to live a life beyond our expectations. And I want to just say that the uncommon, extraordinary life is a life that is lived with boundaries but no ceilings. It's lived with walls, but no ceilings. You got to keep weirdness out of your life. I mean, I've lived, look, I've worked too hard. I got a Medicare card in my wallet now. (laughs) I've lived too long to allow drama and shame And people who don't understand. Like you can understand, you cannot understand me from over there. You're not going to go come up in here and not understand me. I don't don't need to offer anybody an explanation. I've been in the ministry coming up on 50 years. I told somebody the other day, I earned the right to not talk about things. I've earned the right to say I got nothing to say. I've earned the right to not answer questions that nobody's asking. Come on, man. I've been in this thing a really, really long time. I'm just going to say what God tells me to say. I'm going to protect myself from tox- toxic people and toxic mindsets and I'm just going to give God praise with the rest of my life. That's what I'm going to do. Amen. If that bothers somebody? I ain't, I don't, I'm sorry. Alright, so let me keep going. Praise the Lord. So look at Colossians one12 I'm going to mess you up. I'm going to unwind all of your excuses I'm gonna stop you from stopping yourselves from living the extraordinary life it says giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us what who's qualified us to share in what the inheritance of the saints That basically of light means that are in alignment with the light of the gospel. What the gospel has purchased that has provided you an inheritance. The Bible says that you didn't qualify you. Your father did. So if if you didn't qualify you, I have an announcement. You can't disqualify you. Religion that vandalizes God's grace tells you that you can disqualify what God has qualified you for. What? You can't misbehave your way out of your inheritance. You cannot screw up so bad that it doesn't apply to you anymore. Look at here now. Your difficulty cannot get you out of uh, alignment with what is on the inside of you because your father qualified you. So the reality is that God surveyed the landscape of of eternity, of history, and he came up with you and me, and he said, I'm going to qualify you for the inheritance that somebody died to give you. How dare us live below that? Now, let me just break this down a little bit uh, for you. You guys all right? So he says, I'm giving thanks to the Father. In other words, we're we're grateful to the Father. Now hear me. Oh, Iris, you're going to love this. Who qualified us to participate in the complete portion of the inheritance. Chan, you don't get the leftovers, man. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care. Your history don't have nothing to do with nothing, except it's what God cut off of your life. Amen. And it's okay to reflect on your past because the Book of Hebrews says, "Remember the former days." That right after the remember the former remember the former days. That after you were enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering, but you chose rather to go with the ill treatment of God's people than the passing pleasures of sin. (laughs) Knowing that you have for yourself a better inheritance, a better possession. Why? Because you never trade for less. And and what you're carrying now isn't temporary, it's abiding. Why? Because God qualified you. It's not a temporary thing. It's an abiding thing. Are you following me? So, so listen, you are qualified for the entirety, the complete portion of the inheritance. You didn't get left out of nothing and they left everything to your sister who's better looking. It got left for somebody else. No, you possess... The complete portion of what cost Jesus' life to get you. And let me just start with it's extraordinary. Amen. Stop cutting yourself short with your own mindset about yourself. Your identity is deeply loved, highly favored, richly blessed. Chosen by God to be qualified for an inheritance and the complete portion of it. Amen, somebody? I'm reading the Bible. See, the light of what Jesus has done through the gospel reveals what God accomplished to transform us into God's people from sinners to saints, from common to uncommon. From just a regular thing to a consecrated object. Remember, listen to this now. John 15, 5. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you abide in me and I'm in you, you are going to, you're going to produce an extraordinary life. You're going to bear much fruit. And here's the reality. Apart from him, you can do nothing. That doesn't mean you can't do nothing, that just means you can't do nothing that has eternal ramifications. You can't do anything that's kingdom. You can't do anything that's going to bring satisfaction and gratification and extraordinary living. You can accomplish something, but you can't accomplish anything without him as it pertains to the everlasting kingdom. Because I can tell you something some folk can accomplish something But jesus said you can't do nothing unless you're connected to me and I want you to understand that he's the vine And you're the branch not the other way around You don't exist to support the vine the vine exists to support the branch Oh my god Jesus exists to pour into you so fruit will come out of you the fruit of the extraordinary God doesn't need you to put into the vine. The branch needs the vine to put into them. Oh, 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 oh I'm about to give myself an offering up here I Mean acts 10:28. listen to me now and this starts with you talking to yourself it says uh And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who's a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. But God show and yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. Hold on now. Hold on. Leave that up there. Here we are talking about (laughs) how we look at people. Patterson. All them old dirty sinners. Them crazy people from that neighborhood. Those folks from that culture. Those people who don't think like us, don't look like us, don't live like us. Those dirty sinners. Here the Bible says, well, God showed the Apostle Paul that we shouldn't call anybody unholy. Oh, look how quiet it just got up in here. I've said this to you before. I'm going to say it to you again. God loved the world before he even had a church. God so loved the world. Do we forget that we were part of what God loved before we were part of this? Why is it so easy for us to love each other and so hard for us to love what God loves? Because we're so busy calling them unclean and unholy. (laughs) Well, they are unholy. Yeah, but don't call them that. Don't treat them like that. I know that without God, they are that, but how many of you know that people will rise to the expectations that you put on them? So if I'm expecting the world, I put an expectation on the world to come into the knowledge of the truth and of the love of Jesus. If I put that on them, they will eventually rise to it. Let's stop calling people that already know they're messed up, messed up. Oh man. You mad at me now. I can feel it. You don't have permission. You don't have biblical permission. To bring division. You have no right to call someone and something that God loves unholy or unclean. And with that, the air conditioning kicks in, okay, (laughs) now watch this. Romans 11, uh, Romans 11, 16, go there. And then we're going to look at verses 16 and verse 18. It says in the first the first piece of if the first piece of dough is holy then the lump is holy. What did the lump have to do? What did what did the lump have to do with the first piece? When you are making sourdough bread, you take a piece of sourdough and you stick it in some unsourdough dough. Dough that's not sour you take that sour dough and you put it in unsour dough and the unsour dough becomes sour dough because it, you took the first piece and it was holy and you stuck it in what was unholy and what was unholy didn't make jesus unholy what jesus was made us what he was then it says and if the root is holy then the branches are holy Now go to verse 18. Watch this. Don't be arrogant toward the branches. If you are arrogant, remember that it's not you who supports the root. It's the root that supports you. Do you look at me? Do you understand that you're connected to the holiness of God and the holiness of God runs through the root who is Jesus into your life and produces the fruit of holiness in your life? When God looks at you, he regards you as holy. When God looks at you, he regards you as clean. When he looks at you, he regards you as innocent. When he looks at you, he regards you as extraordinary, not average. Are you feeling me, man? Oh my goodness. It's your God connection that has put you in position to live the extraordinary life. Man, I got to stop. But listen to me. He rescued you from the dominion of darkness, Colossians one thirteen, Where the iniquities of your forefathers lived in darkness. He rescued you from being a candidate for proclivity toward negativity. It no longer applies to you. You are no longer a citizen of the census-ruled world dominated by performance. God relocated you into the kingdom where His love and the love of His Son rules. Now let me say this, and this is where I'll pick up next time. Darkness is not a force. The devil isn't coming after you with darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. There is no force of darkness. The forces of darkness. No. The only way darkness is dealt with is by somebody turning on the light. Darkness just shows up. You don't have to plant weeds in a garden. They just show up. Like I'm gonna plant some weeds in the garden now. How did the weeds get in there? I planted tomatoes and I got tomatoes and weeds You got to pull the weeds You have to turn you got to pull out the darkness By turning on the light Stop rebuking darkness and just turn on the light You're the light of the world. It's not a force. I feel the presence of darkness turn on the light It'll go away I feel the, fo- the presence of evil is coming. Just start overcoming evil with good. You don't have to deal with evil. Just be good. Why are we tripping, man? I rebuke him, Satan, in the name of he He been rebuked. Why don't you spend time giving God some praise and, and your praise will eliminate his voice. What are we doing? You're extraordinary. I got to stop. I'm not even, I'm not even, I haven't even picked a scab off of this. Everybody say, I am. I am. Extraordinary. Because God said so. God said so. Amen. Amen. Give God some praise. I'm going to stop right there. now let me pray for you let me pray for you you know if we can get this you know how exciting life could be you know how free you can live you know how you could change your neighborhood change your city change your family change your doggone self Amen. let's just get this amen So, Father, I pray that your word will go into our hearts. Lord, that the revelation of the extraordinary life will begin as a seed today. And Lord, what you called us to, not what you called us out of, but what you called us to be into. And Lord, let the reality of what Jesus purchased for us, the extraordinary, uncommon life, be on display in every person who's hearing my voice today. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God one more hand clap of praise. Go ahead, man. Now, let me talk to you about something real quick you are free to participate at whatever level you want to participate in what i'm about to ask but something that i've learned and i've i've been reading uh the vision of the next five years and the next season of this house Uh, i talk to pastor gregory almost every day and uh we have been communicating about what's coming And I think this month marks the beginning of my 10th year on the team here. Uh, I, I know, man. Thank you for that golf clap. Just kidding. But something that I've learned is that anything that is alive costs. You can go ahead and start playing the piano man please uh you will oh you're waiting to turn it on oh he's playing but you need to turn it on in the back okay thank you you know my my youngest just got married a few months ago and my savings account looked one way on one day and looked a whole lot different on the next day yeah amen you go ahead and laugh because i'm crying and her mother she she came to me and her mother and she said i don't want a wedding i was like thank you jesus she said i just want to i just want you to marry us in the backyard dad and and then whatever you were gonna spend on the, on the wedding, just give us part of that toward a down payment on a house or whatever. I said, man, I think that's smarter than, you know, blowing what it costs to buy a Bentley on one day. And then her mother got involved. And next thing you know, we're at the Dana Point Yacht Club with a hundred of my daughter's closest friends. Come on, somebody. You ever buy dinner for a hundred people? It ain't fun. And then you have to buy them drinks too. Come on. It's like going to a hundred people and handing each one a fifty dollar bill. Have fun tonight. Hope you enjoy the night. Hope you remember what it cost me to do this. It, and you know what I realized? I realized that as long as my kids are alive, they're gonna cost me. You know what? If she was dead. I could have money in the bank. But I wouldn't have had the joy of performing that ceremony and celebrating with her. I told her, just get another gig. Just get a six grandkid working. Get that in the oven. Do your job. Anything that's alive you know, every time I open my front door, there's something on the porch. There's something being delivered, something, something in a, some kind of package sitting on the porch. And I realized that I didn't have nothing to do with that, but someone else besides me is alive in the house. And it costs. The thing about God's house is if you in a dead house, it don't cost you nothing. If you're in a dead church with no vision, you can just come in here and get, hear dead music and hear dead messages and act like you went and visited a wax museum. Come on, somebody. Everybody's like, but when you're alive, it's going to cost you something. And here's the other thing God says if you'll partner with him he'll open the windows of heaven so you don't just participate because something's alive you participate because when it's alive it activates heaven's blessing over your life and causes your cup to overflow so God isn't just trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. But the way God gets something to you is by putting you in a church that's alive. And let the vision put a demand on your dream. The next generation of young people. The elevation of the worship experiences. What God wants to do with Solar-powered Bibles. Getting the Word out because the entrance of His Word brings healing. It illuminates people's paths. We can't do it without applying what God says to it. So we got to get, and, and, and our pastor's got all this vision and all this future and future generations and, and 500,000 young people and concerts and, and, and moves of God among young people and creating worship experiences that, that will meet your every need and, and getting the word to people who don't even have some place to plug something in. And we got five years. A vision that began last week after we turned 30. Let me just tell you something. Jesus didn't start till he was 30. You watch what happens in the next three years. Jesus only needed three years to affect the whole planet and all of eternity. Watch what I prophesy today in the next three years. Accelerated harvest for every single person that participates in making this vision happen. God asked us to do it because he knew we would. If he knew we wouldn't, he would ask somebody else to do it. So this really isn't for your contemplation and your consideration, this is for your alignment with what god has called you to to sow into your own future by sowing into the future of the house that god has planted you in amen Amen. so we want to take a special offering to inaugurate and to continue this next season of life changers And really what you're doing is you're sowing to the next season of your life. And God's providing an opportunity. So look, if you care about young people, if you care about the presence of God, if you care about getting the word out to places that people can't hear the word, then you're in the right place, but you got to give. So just like God planted an extraordinary seed and got you, I want you to plant an extraordinary seed and get them. You down with me? You down with it? Say amen. 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 So ushers, will you come? Or uh, service hosts, whatever we call folks around here. Uh, The people that have the envelopes and let's get an envelope in the hands of everyone who wants one, like raise your hand and indicate or you know what to do as far as the giving is concerned. But let's give extraordinary. Let's sow not just to the future of this house, but the future of your house. And I believe that this offering will position us to become partners with God. I don't know about you, I have business partners. But my greatest business partner is my Heavenly Father. And I keep that connection by giving him his. Amen? Amen. So let's sow today and let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Lord, it's later than it's ever been. And Lord, this is the place. We are the people. And now is the time. Lord, I pray that you open the windows of heaven. Encourage your people today. And Lord, as we respond to your kingdom, I pray that your kingdom responds to us. And Lord, that it just won't work at God's house, but it'll work at our house. And let all of it collectively give you one great big praise. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you as you give. Chandler, come on. Thank you guys for having me. I'll be back next month. Go live the extraordinary life.